With Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot, you can give your lawn or garden beds a pop of color and protection. Right now, get a special buy on Scott's Earth Grow Mulch, five bags for just $10. Help your soil retain moisture longer with color that lasts up to 12 months. Shop Memorial Day savings for a special buy on Scott's Earth Grow Mulch. Five bags for just $10 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Hey there, and welcome to episode number 10 of the Roto World Baseball Podcast. 10 episodes, can you believe it? Uh, I'm DJ Short, and I'm joined here once again by Drew Silva. What's up, Drew? Not much, man. Um, ready to podcast like the Dickens. Yeah, it feels like it's 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 sort of been a quiet week, um, mm-hmm. and I think it's sort of the calm before the storm uh, with the trade deadline coming up August first, just about a week and a half away. Uh, so next week, I imagine we'll have maybe a couple of deals to talk about, um, or at least a lot more on the rumor front. But right now, it seems to be a little bit quiet. Yeah, I, w- I would agree. I mean, they're having. Usually, uh, like the week before the trade deadline, we start seeing some some movement as teams try to, um, you know, beat other teams to deals. But there haven't really been there hasn't really been been anything big. I mean, the Cubs got lefty Mike Montgomery from right. the Mariners. I think that was yesterday or that was Wednesday, I guess. Um, but yeah, other than that, I mean, you could go back to the James Shields trade. Um, Pomeranz. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Pomeranz was a big one. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think it's going to be a busy trade deadline. It seems like to me because especially there's a lot of big time relievers available. Yeah. And I, those guys usually tend to go. Um, sometimes teams will just like hang on to starters and position players, but I feel like relievers tend to go at the deadline. Yeah, um, I, I saw the. I mean, the Yankees had a four-game winning streak going into Thursday. They lost uh, this afternoon, Thursday afternoon, uh, and I, I actually thought a winning streak for them was the worst possible thing that could happen. Yeah, um, to sort of delude themselves into thinking maybe they're contenders because I absolutely think they need to just sell off their parts and get some prospects here. I'd even advocate trading Andrew Miller. You might as well do it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think so too. Definitely Chapman because why? Why would you keep him? Um, because he's going to be a free agent, and then yeah, I think they they could get a nice little package for Miller. A lot of teams, of course, would be intrigued by adding a a, a versatile left-handed reliever like that. Yeah, and he's under contract for another year, and I think it's really cheap. I think it's eight or nine million. So that contract has a ton of value on it. But they don't have to trade him right now. I guess they could do it during the off season too. But it kind of just depends on on whatever offers they might get. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, This afternoon we heard it seems that the White Sox might be open to making some trades, and they certainly have some pieces. I mean, maybe they're not going to trade a Chris Sale or a Jose Quintana, but who knows? You never know. Todd Frazier could be in that mix, Adam Eaton. So they have some pieces they could trade to. David Robertson as well. So they have some guys. Yeah, ESPN's Jason Stark said they turned down a King's Ransom um, for, uh, Chris sale and within the last 40, uh, 48 hours. And then, um, there's been a lot of reports that they're probably going to keep Jose Quintana too, just to kind of keep what they have of the rotation together and then hope to build around it, which I think makes sense. Like Chris sales on a team friendly deal. He's one of the best pitchers in baseball. 
they want to contend next year. I think the White Sox, I mean, they've just underperformed the last two years, but they've got some nice parts. Um, so, yeah, I think they'll keep Sale and probably Quintana too. They might they might trade some of their position players and probably some of their like veteran relievers. Maybe Todd Frazier goes. Yeah, I could see Frazier going. I, if you could speculate on a team that would would that did make that kin, King's Ransom offer, who do you think it was? I think it's got to be the Rangers or Dodgers, right? Yeah, I'm with you. Um, and I don't, I don't know. I was, I was thinking it sounds like a Dodgers trade because they're so desperate. Yep. For arms and and they have the prospects that would be able to pull that kind of move off. Yeah, and the Rangers need some arms as well. But I'm, yeah, true. I'm, I'm with you 100. percent I think it would probably be one of those two teams if the report can be believed. But anyway, a lot to get to here. But before we get started, remember to subscribe to the show on iTunes and also rate and review. Really appreciate it, and it'll help more people find the show. So please do that if you can. Uh, I suppose we should start out with uh, more. Hey, hey, I had a question from a reader just before we came on. Are we available on Spotify? We are. We are on Spotify as well. There we go. We're pretty much everywhere right now. But yeah, (laughs) uh, we are on Spotify as well, which is pretty crazy. So when you're making your music playlist, you can also listen to the podcast. So it's great. Um, I've never really ventured into the podcast section of Spotify. I love Spotify, so I've got to check that out. Me neither. I don't I don't use it for podcasts, but hey, if you do, it's perfect. We're there, so so search yeah. for us there. Um, we're going to start out with more Rangers news. Uh, Prince Fielder hit the disabled list on Wednesday with a disc herniation in his neck. Uh, and this injury is just above the previous neck injury that he had, and he had surgery on that neck in 2014, so... Two neck surgeries potentially in the span of three years. It seems that surgery has been recommended again. He's going to get another opinion on it before going through with it. Still, it seems almost certainly done for the year. And he's not really a guy who's been helping you much in fantasy leagues this season. Had a nice June. But overall, nothing you'd expect for him. And and hearing what we're hearing right now certainly makes a bit more sense why he's been struggling, hitting 212 with a 626 OPS. Uh, so it seems like he's done for the year. Yeah, just eight home runs and 89 games. I, I mean, this is probably something that's been bothering him for longer than he would admit. Um, like you said, he's going for a second opinion on Friday before any decisions are made. But I'm, it's it seems like if you read through the lines here, he, he's done for the year. Um, I mean, it's it's a disappointment. He's under contract through 2020 at 24 million a year. Woof. I mean, the Tigers are covering six mil. Of, per year of that but that's still a crazy contract for a guy who probably isn't going to come back very well from his second major surgery in two years yeah 33 years old next may two neck surgeries it it doesn't look good no i I don't i'm not very optimistic about prince long term um i guess in the his immediate absence it's going to open up a everyday playing spot for jerks and profar um you know, whether they move guys in and out of the DH spot or just put Profar in the DH spot. And then, um, I don't know, if we talk about Profar for a little bit, he's kind of fallen off since everyone got really excited about him. He hasn't had a good July, but still pretty good numbers overall. Um, can play a lot of different spots on the field. Um, there's been some reports this week that the Rangers might be showcasing him for a trade. And it could be why they haven't called up Joey Gallo yet is t- is to get Profar ten I don't know nine ten days of of every day at bats and hope that someone bites and trades for him. I mean, if they're gonna they need bullpen and rotation help probably 
Um, they have not had a good July as a team, the Rangers. So, yeah, the would... Astros are sneaking up on them real quick. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I don't know. Maybe they include Profar in a trade if if they go out and get somebody. I I, I like on, on paper. It seems like Joey Gallo fits that DH spot for them, um, kind of perfectly. I mean, obviously people have known that name for a while. Uh, he puts on a power show. He hit a truck that was like 500 feet away in the outfield up on you know one of those concourses um just amazing raw power uh 935 ops 16 homers in 65 games this season at triple a um he had one plate appearance gallo had one play appearance in the majors back in may but yeah, that was weird yeah it was kind of just a, a short stay um he's a guy with back-to-back 40 homer seasons in the minors that was back in 2013 2014 I mean, he's he's hit at every level of the minors. He's raked. Um, it it hasn't translated to the majors. A lot of that is plate discipline. I think last year he struck out in over fifty percent of his at bats at the major league level. Yeah, it was um, something the, like that. It was a lot. It was a yeah. Lot. I, I, but but there, I mean, there are like these raw power guys that that still stay productive through that, and then there are guys that that just don't and can't find the consistency at all. So I don't know. I, I mean, I'm. If I'm like in a pretty in a deep fantasy league and Joey Gallo is available, if I'm in a 12 team fantasy league and Joey Gallo is available, I would probably try to make a claim on him because I don't know. I, I see a path opening up where he could have a huge presence down the stretch fantasy wise. I don't know. What do you think about that? I think there's a couple different ways to look at how they're potentially using Profar and Gallo right now. Uh, I think Gallo, I think Profar's maybe dropped off just because the play, playing time has been so sporadic for him. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to look at the recent results as indicative of anything really. But with Gallo, I always thought, I thought it was a little curious how they've handled him over the last month or so, which to me indicates that perhaps they're a little concerned about bringing him up and let's say he goes one for 20 with 12 strikeouts or something. And meanwhile, they're trying to include him in potential blockbuster trades. And teams might be a little bit scared off by that, that maybe he hasn't improved his plate discipline. I don't know. I'm just speculating, but I'm No, that of, makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, it's just speculation. I, obviously, he's a promising hitting prospect in the long term, but I think maybe this would be the wrong time for them to bring him up if he struggles right now, right before the trade deadline. But who knows? I, in Waiver Wire today, I, I recommended Profar, and I'm all about it right now just because we know that regular playing time is going to be there, at least in the short term over the next week or two uh shinsu chu also hit the disabled list this week so that opens up some playing time as well uh so i think this is a good time to go out and get him he qualifies at four different positions um and he's out there in about two-thirds of yahoo leagues right now so i think it's a good time to go pick him up yeah and if he gets traded to a, a team that isn't very good like he could he could hit lead off for them for you know for the rest of the season or something sure i don't think he'll lose value if he gets traded i you know, depending on where he goes, you know, he could get stuck in a, a much worse park than Arlington. But um, no, I mean, I, I, I like I still like him a lot pro far. Yeah. And assuming neither of them are traded, I think they're each going to have value down the stretch with the Rangers. We're just going to see how they plug in those parts. But I think they all they both have a chance to have value as we as we move forward. Um, but looking over to the Rangers division rival. Uh, The second place Astros, we talked a bit about Alex Bregman last week, who appears on the verge of a promotion to the majors, but 
The Astros made it a little bit more complicated. They signed Yulieski Gurriel, uh, the Cuban infielder, to a five-year, $47.5 million contract over the weekend. Definitely makes that situation a bit more complicated, at least in the short term. Yep. Um, a big a big deal for the Astros, kind of a big splash. Uh, five years, $47.5 million for Gurriel, uh, signed out of Cuba. Um. I, I don't know though. Like, is he? How soon is he going to be ready? Really? Like, he hasn't played baseball in several months. Um, I think he still has to secure a work visa, though. Though I don't think that'll be that hard. Um, I, I mean, he's going to need at least three weeks of at bats in the minors, right? Yes. M- possibly even a month. Yeah, the um, estimates are it'll be mid-August. Bef- you know, most likely before he gets to the majors. Yeah. I mean, the numbers from Cuba and Japan are, are like crazy. I mean, he, his last year in Cuba, he hit 500 uh, in 49 games. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, is that even real? <laughs> with a one with a 1,400 OPS, 15 home runs, and 51 RBIs in, <laughs> in 49 games. Like, I don't even believe that, those stats. But, um, I don't know. I mean, a lot of these Cuban guys for me are a mystery. Like you'll you'll look at their their batting lines from Cuba, and it's incredible. And they should come up and be good right away. And some of them are, and then some of them like just flounder in the minors. Um, so I don't I don't know. It, it, it's hard to say what what he's going to become this year and then long term. Um, with Bregman, I, don't know, I had a guy on Twitter. Um, send me a message that he heard from a a clubhouse guy. I don't know if this was a clubhouse guy in Houston or Fresno that uh, Bregman is going to be arriving tomorrow night, which would be Friday night um, for the start of a weekend series against the Angels. I don't. I'm not going to put any stock into that, but those kind of things I've found to be true before, and it wouldn't surprise me. And he, he should be knocking on the door. Um, amazing numbers this year between double A and triple A. Uh, he, he's making his second start in a row tonight in left field. Yep. He, he played third base on Tuesday night. Um, he had been playing shortstop. He's played a little bit of second base. So may, I don't know. The, the Astros are pretty good in all of those positions, but they could probably find some playing time for him. And I mean, the bat is just, I mean, not to be denied. Like he was the number two overall pick last year at LSU I mean, he's getting getting better and better as he like rises to each different level of the minors. He started out at Low A Quad Cities, six ninety nine OPS. This was last year. Moved to High A Lancaster, eight thirty nine OPS. This year, he opens up at Double A Corpus Christi, nine seventy five OPS. And then, since his promotion to Triple A Fresno, eleven sixty one OPS. Like he's <laughs> 20 home runs, 61 RBIs, and 77 games this year. Like the power was kind of unexpected. I feel yeah, like. Yeah, it's been he, a surprise. He, he's become a like a really good power hitter. He also has 20 stolen bases and 143 career minor league games. Like, I don't know, man. He looks like a stud to me, especially fantasy wise. Um, and I think he's going to beat Guriel to the majors. Because yeah, I think, no question. I, I, yeah, I think he'll be up before the end of the month, if not tomorrow night <laughs> or Friday night. I should I should say it's Friday night, not tomorrow night, because we're recording this Thursday. There's a lot to like with both these guys. Um, I I would obviously you want to have Bregman on your roster right now in in any kind of league. 
Yeah, I think Guriel. I don't think I don't think he's in the player pool yet at Yahoo, but once he is, you're going to have to be patient with him. I do think he's going to be up, at, you know, by the end of August and be a contributor. There is that unknown quantity factor with him, but uh, you know, hit hit for average and power in Cuba, more walks than strikeouts. So a good approach, something that should fit should fit well with what the Astros are looking for. Bregman should be up soon. I, I don't know when it's going to be, but I think it's going to be imminent. I think it's within two weeks is what I said last week, and I, I still believe in that. If I had to guess right now, he probably will get most of his playing time in left field, but they can juggle things. They have third base. They have the DH spot. Um, I think maybe, as I said in waiver wire today, I think the big loser in this situation uh, might be Evan Gaddis. Um Mm-hmm. Most of his production this season has been against left-handed pitching. Uh, he's providing power, but he's just he's hitting 218, 238 on base percentage. He's not really a catcher anymore. Maybe he catches once or twice a week, but what value is he giving to the Astros lineup just as a DH? Really not that much. So I think his playing time is really going to suffer. Um, so if you're depending on him as your regular catcher right now, I think you have to start to look for alternatives. Next, we should probably talk about the Mets outfield situation. And last week we, we were going back and forth talking about Bregman and Michael Conforto, who you'd rather have the rest of the way. I expected Conforto to be back pretty soon, but I didn't think it would happen this quickly. He made his return on Monday, hit well during his time with AAA Las Vegas, 344 with three homers, OPS over 1,000 in 16 games, had as many walks as strikeouts, so Seems like he's getting back into good habits at the plate, using the opposite field, good things you like to see. But the big question now is how this playing time is going to shake out in the Mets outfield. Yuena Cespedes has been dealing with a quad injury, and he didn't look all that comfortable in the outfield when he returned to the, to the outfield this week, returned to the lineup. And it's said that he'd prefer to stay in left field moving forward. So now the Mets are talking about playing Michael Conforto in center field. <laughs> <sighs> And uh, this is something he's never done in the pros. And, and you'd think if this was in the plans, maybe it would have been a good idea to give him some exposure there in the minors. But they didn't do that. Uh, so they're working on him before games, trying to get him uh, you know, on pace with that. Uh, when he's going to play center field in a game, who knows. But looks like it could be a messy situation there. Yeah, I mean, as... Our resident Mets fan, I'll, I'll just let you analyze that situation. I'm, I mean, like, I don't know. I, I liken it to Randall Grichik's situation in St. Louis. Like, you, you get sent to the minors, and then you come back up, and, and it's sometimes hard to carve out a spot. And with Suspetta saying that he really wants only wants to play the corner, um, it's tricky. I mean, you look at Conforto and – He's still a guy with a nearly 800 career OPS, 19 home runs, 28 doubles, and 124 major league games. I mean, he obviously had the huge dip this year, which sent him to the minors. But overall, I mean, I'm still pretty optimistic about him as a as an everyday outfielder. Yeah, I mean, fortunately, errors won't count. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, fantasy leagues are not caring about that so much. You just care that he's going to be in the lineup, but. Uh... Yeah, that's that's a messy situation. I mean, I guess they could play Curtis Granderson in center field, but that's not an ideal situation either. He hasn't really done that that much over the past couple of years. Um, Juan Lagar is still going to play against left-handed pitching, so it seems like uh, Conforto is still going to be platooned and play, play mostly against right-handed pitching. I still would advocate picking him, an, uh, picking him up in mixed leagues and maybe 
Uh, once Cespedes feels a bit better with his quad, he'll relent a bit and play center field more often. But I'm not looking forward to seeing him in center field. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean that's a, that's a big body guy for for center field. No, he doesn't fit the mold of center field at all. And no. uh, there's been some conversation about Jose Reyes potentially getting time in center field, but that doesn't really solve the problem. <laughs> that doesn't really solve the problem either. And we don't know that he can be a center fielder. So it's it's just a messy situation. We'll we'll just have to see how it plays out. Another big storyline this week, Clayton Kershaw. Um, mm. And it looks pretty grim right now, to be honest. Uh, felt continued discomfort in his lower back during a simulated game Saturday in Los Angeles. And he's basically just shut down right now. Um, Dodgers manager Dave Roberts indicated on Wednesday that season-ending surgery is a possibility for him. How, how much of a possibility? Who knows? They may you know, re- rest him for a week or so, try to get him to throw again and see how he feels then. Who really knows? Either way, not close to returning, so... Brutal news for the Dodgers and fantasy owners. And, of course, this rotation already has plenty of question marks beyond that. Brandon McCarthy's provided a nice lift since returning. Brad Anderson is on his way back, but hard to really depend on him. Hyunjin Ryu on the disabled list with an elbow injury. Alex Wood had elbow surgery this week. He's done for the year. Um, it seems like there's they are linked to some names in the trade market. Uh, I think there was something today if you want to uh, go into detail on that. Yeah, um, Jason Stark of ESPN said, uh, heard from a rival executive, he labeled this guy as somebody who's been talking to the Rays, um, and this this source said that he believes there is a 70% chance that Chris Archer would wind up with Los Angeles. Um, and then, I, I don't know, There's I've seen rumors still linking the Dodgers to Jose Fernandez. I, I believe that they're going to make a big splash, because I think they have to. Um, I think Kershaw is probably done for the year. They're not going to make a decision yet because he's probably getting some second opinions from different specialists. But like you said, his rehab is shut down and he didn't feel good after that 60 pitch simulated game. So like, what's the point of going forward? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe like you said, they they get him out there and try have him try to throw catch. But if he does return this year, it's not going to be for a while. Yep. If, If he's able to rehab that disc herniation, um, yeah, I mean, they, they need, they need a big arm. I mean, Julio Urias pitched well today, but they, they pulled him at 77 pitches. He's reaching, um, the point where they're going to have to put him in the bullpen be, just to preserve his workload. I mean, that's, that was the plan until you know, they called him up this today, uh, or, or Thursday morning to start their afternoon game against the nationals. Um, he had been pitching in relief at AAA Oklahoma city and I, I think maybe this this start today will be his last start of the year. Um, and then, like you said, Alex Wood is out at least the next eight weeks, possibly done for the season after going undergoing an elbow debridement. Um, I mean, they need a big time arm if they're going to compete this year. I feel like. Yeah, there's not a lot. There's not a lot out there, as we know. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Rays seem to have the most chips to trade as far as pitching. Matt Moore. Drew Smiley, Jake Odorizzi. Um, so I, either way, the Rays, I think, are going to be a factor here, and the Dodgers could land one of those arms. Um, whether it's going to be Chris, Chris Archer, who knows. But obviously, if they want Archer, they're going to have to pay big for him. Yeah, I mean, he's he's got a team-friendly contract. Right. Um, 
And, you know, he was one of the best pitchers in baseball last year. If we want to break down Chris Archer, I mean, he had, he had a really good uh, outing yesterday at, at Coors Field, which is obviously a, a very tough place to pitch. Um, and the strikeouts are still there with him. If you move him to the National League, um, you, you probably have a much better shot. I think we're going to talk a little more Archer later in the show, though. Yep. Uh, getting back to the Dodgers, I think their best bet would be to call up pitching prospect Jose De Leon, um, who struck out ten batters over eight scoreless innings Wednesday night at AAA Oklahoma City. It was the longest outing of his pro career. He now has a 2.49 ERA and 64 strikeouts against 14 walks in 43 innings at AAA. Um, he missed time earlier this year with a shoulder with shoulder inflammation and an ankle sprain, but that kind of just leaves him with more bullets because he threw 115 in- innings last year. So you'd think he has about a hundred innings left in the tank. Um, I-, I-, I think he's, I think he's coming up next turn just because the, the Dodgers are, are desperate and it looks to me like he's ready. I mean, I've read scout scouting reports that like his stuff better than Julio Urias. Um, he's 23 year old going on 24, uh, wasn't like a huge name as early on in his pro career, but he has just dominated batters for, for, you know, the last two and a half years and has really become one of the top pitching prospects in baseball. I think it's daily own time. Yeah, I think it is too. Um, and it seems like he's made some strides, uh, as far as his, his conditioning and his mechanics, has helped improve his results. And if you look at the numbers in the minors, they're really insane. Um, but I think uh, I've never seen him personally, so I don't want to analyze the, the stat line too just much. Pre- just pretend like you have. That's what, the, <laughs> that's what we do here. <laughs> um, but I hear a lot about deception with him. And you look at the stuff, it's not going to blow you away. So like the fastball is a 92, 94, like in that range. So when you're seeing these crazy strikeout numbers, you're thinking like, oh, this guy's got to throw 98 miles an hour. And like, that's not really the case. Um, I think in the long term, Aureus has the higher upside. Um, But I think De Leon, you know, I think it's certainly safe. And I think a mid-rotation type of starter in the long term would be a great outcome with him. Um, and yes, I think he's going to be up soon. I think he could be up next week. And given that he's in the national league and a pitcher friendly ballpark, I think he makes sense as an ad in, in deeper mixed leagues, but we've seen rookie pitchers come up and struggle. So you just kind of never know. Um, that kind of just comes with the territory. Yeah. I mean, I, I like that, that he has a lot of innings left to throw. I and mean, that seems like a big plus for him. Cause a lot of these guys don't like Jamison Tyone and Tyler glass now. And, Alex Reyes is kind of reaching a point where um, his role might be in the bullpen. Just you, know, you look across the landscape of dudes that have st- that still haven't arrived in the majors pitching wise, and I feel like he's the best one. Yeah, he's the he's the one we're waiting for for sure. So I, I think he's worth a flyer if he's out there. Just just keep your expectations in check, uh, as with any rookie pitcher. I think another possible stash to keep in mind not with the Dodgers but with the Angels is Tyler Skaggs this is someone we've been waiting on for a while all year uh, making his return from Tommy John surgery got pushed back a bit due to a shoulder issue but he's been out of his mind his last two starts in AAA 14 strikeouts and no walks over seven scoreless innings last week 
And then five and two thirds scoreless innings Wednesday with 12 strikeouts and three walks in triple a has a one six Oh ERA in the minors this year, 53 strikeouts against eight walks. So the control has been good. That's encouraging to see after Tommy John surgery. Now, of course, Nick Tropiano landed on the disabled list this week with an elbow injury, and he's likely going to need Tommy John surgery. Uh, Angels have had no luck on the health front this year. Um, Skaggs could join the Angels rotation next week. We've seen flashes of potential from him before, so I think he's an intriguing pickup right now. Yeah, Andrew Haney had Tommy John surgery in June, and then Garrett Richards still has a torn UCL in his elbow. He's trying to rehab it. And then C.J. Wilson's done for the year following shoulder shoulder surgery. So not, not a great year to be an Angels pitcher. No. Um, and Jared, lo- Jared Weaver's still alive. Still <laughs> yeah. alive and kicking. Somehow he hasn't had any kind of surgery, but he's still throwing like 81 miles an hour. Um, I, I like Skaggs, man. He, he, he was like a top 100 guy in 2011 2012 and then i think again in 2013 for some services um and then he had tommy john surgery in august 2014 and and then missed all of 2015 and then this year it's been a a biceps and shoulder issue but like you said he's been dominant on his last two rehab starts actually since he restarted this rehab assignment in june he has a 1.21 ERA and 43 strikeouts in 29 innings. Um, you know, between the Arizona Rookie League and and where he is now with AAA Salt Lake. So I, I'm he's he's got to be knocking on the door. Um, Angel Stadium is a good ballpark, good home park to pitch in. Yep. Um, I, I, yeah, man, I like I like Skaggs a lot. Yeah, I mean, both of these guys, uh, Skaggs and DeLeon, they are available in over 90% of Yahoo League. So chances are they're out there in your league right now. I wouldn't drop anybody super important for either of them yet. Uh, We kind of don't really know what we're going to get here. But I think they're both reasonable flyers uh, in deeper formats, matchup plays, things like that. So definitely keep an eye on those guys. Um, Okay, so we have time for a couple of questions from the Roto-World mailbag before we go. You can always get in touch with us at uh, rotoworldbaseballpod at gmail.com. Again, that's rotoworldbaseballpod at gmail.com. Any fantasy questions, questions about the show in general, feel free to get in touch. This first one is from Twitter. It's from Ruddy17 on Twitter. He asks, was trading Bryce Harper for Gregory Polanco and Cole Hamels a good trade for a non-keeper league? I'm really high on Harper in the second half. I think he's going to be great down the stretch and into the playoffs. But that's a that's a pretty nice haul. And Polanco's having a breakout year at age 24. I, I'd, I'd expect that he's going to remain a really good source of runs, RBIs, homers, and some steals down the stretch. And then Hamels has been, you know, ace-like overall. He uh, went eight innings in his last start at Wrigley Field, allowed only one unearned run. I don't think many pitchers have done that this year against the Cubs. Sure. Um, there were some rough outings before the All-Star break, but um, that last outing at Wrigley was his, you know, his first start in like 10 days, and he looked pretty refreshed to me. So I, I, I'm, I'm okay with that. It's, it's tough to trade Bryce Harper, but – you get back like a a top fifteen outfielder and a top ten starter. That's that's pretty good. 
Yeah, it's it's hard to answer uh, a question like this. I think your answer is different right now than it is in maybe April, because in April you're looking at everything in a vacuum. But mm -hmm. at this point in the season, you're focused on categories. So uh, let's say he really needs a starter. I, I don't really know the context of his team. So I wish I knew that a bit more. Uh, with Polanco, I, I'd like this deal more if I knew he was completely healthy. Uh, we know he's been dealing with a hamstring issue recently and missed some time with that has only stolen nine bases this year, and that's after he had 27 steals last year. He's just nine for 14 in stolen base attempts this year. So I don't think he has the category upside that maybe we'd like to see. I think he's having an encouraging season, but does he really stand out among fantasy outfielders if he's not stealing bases? I'm really not sure. So I think if he really needs pitching help, this is a deal you could do. Um, but I kind of I like keeping Harper. Uh, I th or I think at the very least, maybe you could use your assets in a different way to to get something to upgrade, whatever category you might need. That's a way better answer than my answer. I'll take it. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, so our next question is from RL Lamb 20 on Twitter. He says, I'm tired of Chris Archer. <laughs> Other pitchers I could target for him or is selling now way too low on him? Well, as we addressed earlier in the show, um, he struck out 11 batters in a win Wednesday at Coors Field. Um, the strikeouts have been there all year despite the poor ERA. He has 147 in 123 innings as it stands here on Thursday. Um, and if you look at the offenses he has faced, even just in the last two months, it's kind of insane. I wrote it down. Um, at Colorado was Wednesday night. And then Baltimore – at Boston, Detroit, at home against Boston, at Cleveland, San Francisco, Houston, at Arizona, at Kansas City. That is, like, really, really rough. He really needs to go to the National League. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. Get him in Dodger Stadium, he would, he would, he would roll. I think, he, I think he, with him, you're just selling too low, and the, the, peripheral, the peripheral numbers are good enough that you can expect him to pitch better than he has, ERA, ERA and WHIP wise at least um so i think you hold on to him and and hope that he gets traded to the nl <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean at least the strikeouts are there uh but i think there certainly are warning signs with him he's already giving up he's already given up 20 home runs uh this season he gave up 19 all of last year uh the control hasn't been as good and something that i thought about last year you saw how much he relied on his slider and he's doing it again this year so you wonder about the health ramifications of that. Um, and like, maybe are we going to hear something after the season that has been bothering him all along? Cause he's, mm -hmm. he's been strange basically from the start of the year. Uh, and I actually saw Pedro Martinez on MLB network the other day, uh, breaking down Archer's struggles. And he seems to think they're mechanical, like something with the separation of the hand from his glove and the batters are just getting a longer look at the ball or the mm. grip on his pitches. And if, I mean, Hey, Pedro Martinez is saying it. So I'm going to, I'm going to give that some validity uh, the hall mm -hmm. of famer saying it. Um, but yeah, I think you would be selling too low. I mean, it's kind of just that question of what are you realistically going to get for him at this point? And the value is really in the eye of the beholder. So maybe you find someone who believes in the start at Coors field and the whiffs and the peripherals that you mentioned and you could get a decent piece for him, but I think it's going to vary wildly from person to person how they perceive him, perceive him. So I think it's sort of a forced hold 
But hey, hopefully he goes to the Dodgers. National League would be, ni- <laughs> National League would be nice for any pitcher for sure. Yeah, I, um, yeah, I think so. So that'll do it for us this week. Remember to subscribe to the show on iTunes and also to rate and review. You can find us on Stitcher, Spotify, as we mentioned earlier, Google Play, and Audio Boom. So pretty much anywhere you consume podcasts, you can find us with whatever device you might use. NFL Training Camp will be here before you know it, and Roto World Football has you covered. Patrick Doherty and Raymond Summerlin did a pair of podcasts this week, one on the NFC and one on the AFC, previewing uh, training camp storylines. So make sure to get prepared for fantasy football draft season. It's right around the corner. You can find me at DJ Short on Twitter, and you can find Drew on Twitter at Drew Silve. We'll see you next week.